everybody, and welcome back to the Wisconsin Show Choir Download. I am your host, William Soki, and this is episode number 73 of the download, and it is the last installment of the 2024 preview episodes, this one covering the front half of the Varsity Alphabet. As always, the download is brought to you by Homeroom Show Choir, so please take a look over to Homeroom for all of your nationwide show choir content needs. While this is the Varsity preview episode and the last one at that, there's also going to be a little bit of extra previews around this episode. After I cover all of the Varsity groups, I'm also going to talk about my five groups to watch for this year in the Varsity division and also take a look at some of the competitions that the lineups aren't out yet, and I'll give a little bit of a preview of who I know is going there, and then hopefully some people can fill in the pieces from there. So without further ado, we are going to get started with Altoona Locomotion. Justin Rannick is in his seventh year as the director of the group. Dominic Mattis has been his choreographer for that entire time as well. Kaylin Lash in her second year as co-choreographer of the group. Their competition schedule this year includes New London, North St. Paul, Spirit Lake, and Totino Grace. So Altoona had one of the quietest varsity seasons last year. They had no placements or captions in any of their five competition appearances last year. So they will hopefully look to pick something up somewhere. Only competing once in state this year, which I find a little bit interesting. This group schedule has definitely shaken up a little bit. I think that Spirit Lake, which is in Iowa, will be a good opportunity for them. They'll be in an enrollment division down there, so hopefully, even if it's not a finals appearance, it will be a division placement. I think I'm saying that correctly. North St. Paul looks to be a pretty stout field, so I don't know what would be cooking there out of state, and Totino Grace will be packed this year, I can tell you that much. So hopefully Altoona, just some sort of measurable progress for this group. And perhaps even if it's not in the award record, even if it's just the score sheet and being like, hey, we are improving in the scores against pretty much a same panel that judged us last year at this certain competition. That is what I would be looking for out of Altoona. Moving to the southern side of the state, we have Burlington's Bejazzled, Penny Yonke, has been directing that group for 15 years. Ben Schrank is the choreographer for Be Jazzled this year. Their competition schedule for sure includes Sauk Prairie, Fort Atkinson, and Monona Grove, as well as a potential appearance at New London as well. And Burlington is a group that is fairly similar to Altoona in that it didn't really record any placements and they had a fairly erratic competition schedule last year. They only had one competition in the state of Wisconsin, so it is nice to see them going entirely in-state this year. And additionally, it is nice to see them just kind of, besides for New London, go to some of the closest competitions that they could with Fort Atkinson and Monona Grove. And for Be Jazzled, it's just a constant struggle for them year after year. It sort of feels like to get enough members on the stage to fill out the stage. And so I hope to be able to see them at New London this year, and we will see where everything stacks up for them. The Chippewa Falls Chai High Harmonics are next. Rachel McElwam is in her fourth year at the head of that program. 
Mark Trainer Kwame has been her choreographer of choice for that entire time. Their competition schedule this year includes Holman, West Salem, Altoona, and Eau Claire Memorial. And Chippewa Falls either recorded a caption or a finals placement everywhere they went last year. A couple of those were smaller competitions, so it was a little bit hard to gauge just exactly where Chippewa Falls was at. And in terms of where they're going to be at this year, they have lineups released for three of their competitions. And it's just so crazy to me to see them ending their competition season on the first weekend of February. And I would really love to see them later in the season, but sometimes due to certain factors or whatever, that's just out of anybody's control. So nonetheless, we will see where Chippewa Falls turns out. I think that this is really sort of the year. Fourth years is what I look for a lot of times with director and choreographer pairings, is that everybody who even had a year under the old system of doing things is now gone. This is the first crop of students that has been entirely under the direction of Rachel McElwam. And so if there is a year for Chippewa Falls to take a big step forward and kind of get back to where they were pre-pandemic, you know, taking some podiums at certain places and consistently contending for finals, even at the tough competitions, I think that this would be the year for Chippewa Falls to do that. Will they do that? Jury is obviously still out. Holman's probably not going to be a good measuring stick, just simply based off of how deep the finals are going to be there. But West Salem, Altoona, and Eau Claire Memorial, I think are definitely three competitions that Chai High could definitely have a shot at making finals at and potentially placing well. De Pere Jam Session is at the decade mark for being under the leadership of Anne-Marie Cummings. Ben Schrank is in his second season as choreographer, maybe third. Don't exactly quote me on that. Their competition season this year, New London, Sauk Prairie, Sparta, Marion, and Green Bay Southwest. So this was a group that was really on kind of uncertain footing before the pandemic. Couple of finals appearances, and they come out after the pandemic, and they win their first competition out at New London, and that was their win for 2022. And then they come back, and they win... Sauk Prairie and Green Bay Southwest last year, and once as a fluke, twice as a coincidence, three times as a pattern, and so De Pere has now established a pattern of winning, and like I said in a couple of the other preview episodes, there are only a small handful of groups that won competitions in the state last year. It's pretty much just Sauk Prairie and Onalaska and De Pere were the ones that won multiple competitions. And this program really is now firmly in the upper echelon of show choir in this state. And they'll be running a very interesting competition schedule this year. New London and Sauk Prairie, they've been fixtures at. And I think that they definitely should be in contention for the win. Both of those places, Sauk Prairie is definitely a beefed up version of where it was last year. New London, perhaps so as well. Sparta is an interesting one. And we will see who shakes out at Sparta. Marion, Iowa, I think will be a real test for the group. As soon as you enter down into that Cedar Rapids belt, that's one of the really tight belts for show choir in this country. And so hopefully the group will get a good test there. And then Green Bay Southwest, 
the hope would be to win there again. And so jam session, I think without any big steps forward or steps back, should be poised to pretty much be where they were last year. And we will see if things do turn out that way. Eau Claire Memorial's Old Abe Show Choir is up next. Aurora Cranacundi is in her sixth year as the director of the group. Kyle Aiden is back this year for his third season of choreographing them. Their competition schedule this year includes Onalaska, West Salem, Altoona, and Sparta. And Eau Claire Memorial had a pretty quiet season last year, although I think that they were the better of the two Eau Claire groups. And there is definitely something to hang your hat on there. I think that this group is one of the ones where if you just take a couple steps forward, probably not at Onalaska, but West Salem, Altoona, Sparta, those are probably three events where you have a decent shot at making finals. And this is a group that I think if they can put together a couple of finals placements, once a couple of them come, the rest of them come all that much easier after that because you built up that culture. It's just the hardest part is getting there. And I think that 2023 can be a year where Eau Claire Memorial can potentially break through and get a couple of those finals placements. It is going to be a challenge for them, right? Everybody's gunning for a final spot in the varsity division and even some prep groups as well, but we will see. And I definitely think that we haven't heard the last from Old Abe's yet. The Eau Claire North Northern Airs are in their fourth year of direction under Catherine Lofi, and this was the only varsity group that I was unable to get full information on. I was so close to getting a sweep this year in all of the 27 varsity groups, but unfortunately this is the one where I could not get solid information. I got in contact with multiple people, or I should say I sent contacts out to multiple people involved with the Eau Claire North program. Unfortunately, nothing was returned. So I don't know who their choreographer is this year. Shane Coe was their choreographer last year. What we do know is that they will be at West Salem and Altoona, and I would be gobsmacked if they are not at Winterfest. And North did take a couple of captions last year, and obviously the next step up is a finals placement. And I think what a lot of people forget is that for a long time, Eau Claire North was specifically a Winterfest-only group, right? They only did the Crosstown competition for a long time, and it was really only during Rachel McElwam's time there from roughly 2016 to 2020 that Eau Claire North actually took steps forward, started competing other places, moved up to the varsity division. And so on the historic scale, you're still dealing with a relatively young group here. And so obviously, since we don't know where they're all going and where they'll be and who they'll be up against, it's really impossible to say where they'll be at this year. I'm not in the business of spilling show themes, but I did happen upon their theme this year and it'll definitely be a fun show, I think, if not a show that scores well on the sheet. I think that if you're in the gym or the auditorium for a show with Eau Claire North, you will be entertained. Fort Atkinson's South High Street Singers is the next group up in this preview. Kaya Snow is in her third year at the helm of that program. Dallas James Pritt returns for a sophomore year of choreography with that group. Their competition schedule this year, the Monona Grove and Janesville Craig preview shows 
along with Milton, Bloomington Kennedy, Monona Grove, Western Dubuque, and Janesville Craig. Fort Atkinson last year was a group that, in terms of the product that they put on the stage, was pretty similar to Janesville Craig, who is a group that I will talk about later in this episode. Both had very dark-themed shows, but if you surveyed the general opinions of a lot of people, there are some people who said that Fort Atkinson should have scored a lot higher than they did a lot of places, and there are some people who say, I can't believe that Fort Atkinson scored that high at the places they went to. They definitely hedged their bets in a very specific style of show choir, and it will be very interesting to see if they return to that style this year or if they come out with a more traditional style of show choir. And as for their competition schedules, all of a sudden their in-state competitions, Milton, Monona Grove, and Janesville Craig, don't look as intimidating as their out-of-state competitions do. Bloomington Kennedy last year was super tough. West Salem lost out to a couple of prep groups to make finals there. And then Western Dubuque will pretty much be a Wisconsin competition this year. But you also know that there are going to be a couple groups from Iowa, most likely, who go and shake things up there as well. So those are really going to be, I think, the tests for South High Street this year. Monona Grove will probably be the best in-state measuring stick against a number of groups as well. And Fort was a pretty consistent finals contender where they were at last year. The key here, number one, I think if they would have a bigger group, they would have an easier time solving some of the issues that were plaguing them last year. And number two, that next step is contending for those podiums and really going to the next step and saying that they are a force to be reckoned with. And it's tough to see them not back at Sauk Prairie last year because that was just a wild prelims to finals. And I would have loved to see them be a part of that this year. That's not going to happen, but we will still see them five times in a competitive format. Moving on to a group that is changing entirely for this year. Green Bay East's Rhapsody in Red is under the new direction of Julian Sieber and Leah Noyan. And Wilson Wang is the choreographer. I name dropped Wilson Wang in the prep preview episode as the Westosha Central choreographer, and he is definitely starting to make a name for himself, taking on multiple groups in the state as well. Green Bay East is going to stick to a pretty local competition schedule this year, just New London, De Pere, and Green Bay Southwest. And there are definitely a lot of question marks about this group, because if you follow things pretty closely, I think it was no secret that this group was completely, entirely, and authentically Kevin Flogel's group. I mean, the guy was nothing short of a mastermind at designing shows. Green Bay East, even if they weren't making finals, they were always the talk of the competition in terms of what kind of set pieces they had, what kind of costumes they had, what kind of funky solos or stage arrangements they had. Kevin Flogel also did much of the choreography for that group for a long time. And so now moving past that, it will be very interesting to see how this group emerges. And will there be a turnover in kids? I don't know. To the best of my knowledge, the curricular choir director at East is still not involved in the show choir program at all. So that is definitely something that will be a little bit of an obstacle for the group. And I would really hope that just doing three competitions and all of them really local 
is just a blip in the radar for Green Bay East because they had been to plenty of other places in the past. I mean, off the top of my mind, Monona Grove, John Hersey in Illinois. And so I would hope that as for the longevity of this program, because it's been an up and down program, as recently as 10 years ago, they weren't really competing at all. And I would hope that this is at the very least, just a temporary rebuild year for Green Bay East. However, I would love to be proven wrong if they come out and they make finals at one of these competitions against a lot of what the prevailing opinion might say. I would be very impressed and I would be very happy to see that as well. So Green Bay East, a group that sort of like Eau Claire North, I will pretty much be withholding judgment on until I see exactly where they are at. Going right across town in Green Bay to the west side of town, we have the Green Bay Southwest Spotlight Singers. Brent Bergstrom and Allie Vandenberg are in their 10th and final years of directing the group. Both will be departing Southwest after this year. They brought on Patrick Sullivan as choreographer. They parted with longtime choreographer Maxwell Deo in advance of this year. Their competition season, New London, Sauk Prairie, Logan, and John Hersey. And Southwest is a group that moved up to the varsity division after the pandemic, and it's been a little bit of a rough go of them. And they've definitely been entered in some of the deeper competitions, I would say. And looking at their lineup this year, New London, Sauk Prairie, definitely going to be deep. Logan, a little less deep. John Hersey, don't know if they would be in the top division or if they would be one division down based off their group size. And all you can ask for in the farewell season for Brent Bergstrom, who is the director that brought Southwest from a non-competitive group to a competitive group, is to just have one more year of incremental improvement. Even if no finals appearances come, even if it still, from an outsider's perspective, looks like you're spinning the wheels, in the 10th and final year of Brent Bergstrom's and Ali Vandenberg's direction of the group, as long as you just keep making progress and so that everybody can look back and say, wow, like this is where the group was in 2015. This is where they are now. I think that that would be a real mission accomplished year for Green Bay Southwest. Sussex Hamilton Synergy is directed by Maggie Condon for the second year. Ellie Jordan has been with that program from the beginning. She is in her 10th year as the choreographer for the group. Hamilton trotting out their usual four-competition lineup, Milton, Sauk Prairie, De Pere, and Monona Grove. And this is a group that was consistently there, but I don't think that they ever really knocked the socks off or stole a disproportionate amount of headlines. However, that could definitely change. I mean, both Maggie Condon and Ellie Jordan are really coming into their own. Maggie Condon previously building and directing the prep group at DeForest, and Ellie Jordan, really since the pandemic, has come into her own as a nationally recognized choreographer. And she's been with Hamilton from the start. And I would assume that Hamilton is getting some of Ellie Jordan's best work. And there is probably not going to be an in-state competition schedule this year that I would label as completely easy. But I would say this one is not the most daunting competition schedule Sock Prairie is going to be a fight for anybody who wants to make finals there, but the other three, Milton DePier and Monona Grove, stand out to me as opportunities for success for Synergy. So in a year of continuity, 
I would expect to see hopefully a little bit more from them as to where they were last year. Holman's Midwest Express is under the second year of Kayla Shoes direction, Katie Fries and Kevin Dugan along for the ride as assistant directors this year, and Kevin Chase in his second year choreographing the group as well. Their lineup for this year, the Lacrosse Heritage Night in October, the Chippewa Falls Super Show in November, and then Onalaska, Sauk Prairie, Lacrosse Central, Logan, Marion, Totino Grace, and Janesville Craig. So a pretty loaded competition lineup for Midwest Express. A couple of things to talk about here. Number one, all three of the director names should definitely stand out to longtime show choir observers. Obviously, Kayla Shu at Logan for a long time before coming to Holman, but also Katie Freeze had been involved with a number of lacrosse area show choir programs in the past, both in the middle school and high school capacities. She was at, I believe, Lacrosse Central for a short time, as well as a couple of the feeder middle schools Central. Kevin Dugan, for a long time, was mainly affiliated with Dubuque Wallert's program. Clearly, things have changed a little bit there, and now he is assistant directing at Holman. So it's great to see Kevin directing a group in-state here. And Holman was a little bit of a streaky group, and it was a little bit hard to get a hold of where exactly they were. I think that was just due to a number of factors last year. First year with a new director and choreographer combo, couple of out-of-state competitions where it was a little hard to gauge without a finals placement where exactly they were. First in prelims at Sauk Prairie and then fifth in finals. And so Midwest Express, I think, is searching for an identity a little bit as a group. And this is a group that I think is primed to find an identity, if for no other reason than for the fact that we will see them at seven different competitions this year, five of them in-state. So we will definitely get plenty of looks at Midwest Express to see where they're at in year two of their new leadership team. Janesville Craig's Spotlighters is another group like Green Bay East that has a complete creative turnover. Zachary Loving is the new director of the group. He replaces Courtney Hammer. Zachary Pettit and Mark Trainer Kwame are the co-choreographers of the group. Craig's lineup this year, they will host their own preview show on January 11th, followed by competition appearances at Muscatine, Milton, Sauk Prairie, De Pere, Fort Atkinson, Davenport Central, and Cedar Rapids, Jefferson. So, like Holman, definitely a lot to talk about here with Janesville Craig. I think the first and foremost thing is that Janesville Craig is going to get, and is getting currently, I guess, since we're a week before the season, quite the Missouri infusion. Zachary Loving came from Joplin High School, which is pretty much tucked in the southwestern corner of Missouri, right by Oklahoma and Arkansas. And Zachary Pettit, one of the choreographers he brought in, is from that area as well. So we will see that both of them have been successful in Missouri, and we will see how that translates to Wisconsin. Nice to see Mark Trainer Kwame picking up another choreography gig as well. For a long time, people knew him as the Eau Claire North guy. Then he picked up Reedsburg, and now he's with Janesville Craig and a couple other programs throughout the country as well. So it's nice to see him growing as a choreographer too. And 
Craig is definitely coming out swinging in this first year with a new leadership team. Muscatine, Iowa, Davenport, Iowa, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, notice a theme. And then four in-state competitions sandwiched in the middle, Milton, Sauk Prairie, De Pere, and Fort Atkinson. So similar to Midwest Express, seven competition appearances this year, a few of them out of state, but I think that by the end of Fort Atkinson, we will have a pretty good grasp on where Janesville Craig is. And they were definitely making progress last year under Courtney Hammer back to that top of the state group that Adam Miller had them at for a few years. And the all of the ingredients, I would say, are there. You have proven directors and choreographers. You have a competition schedule that will expose you to so many groups and so many judges and so many opportunities to get better. And we will see where Craig goes and what product they come out with for this season. The Lacrosse Central Grand Central Station is under the direction of Ian Schultz for the third year. He has retained choreographers Lexi Robson-Bugelwitz and Braxton Carr for his entire tenure, and that does not change this year. Their competition lineup, in addition to performing at the Lacrosse Heritage Night in October, they will be at Ankeny Centennial on Alaska, Davenport North, Logan, and Totino Grace. One of my biggest gripes about Lacrosse Central was that they were done competing in-state very early on in January last year. Thankfully, we will see them back the second Saturday of February at Lacrosse Logan, so it's good to see Lacrosse Central mix it up in-state once more this year. And I'm kind of conflicted on how to feel about GCS because this is a group that, similar to Janesville Craig, was one of the perennial stalwarts in the state for a long time. And again, all of the ingredients are there to get back to that. But Ankeny Centennial, that schedule has been released. I'll cover it in the Competition Weekly episode for January 6th. Super duper tough lineup there. Davenport North, also going to be a pretty tough lineup, I would assume. Totino Grace, I mean, purely based off of the number of Wisconsin groups I've said, that competition is going to be loaded. That's not even counting anybody from Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska who may come. And this is a group that is solidly back to being a finals group, right? That evaporated a little bit in 2020. They're solidly back there now. But then that next step is really mixing it up with those stalwarts of the Midwest. And I hope that this year is the year that Grand Central Station can take that step. Logan's The Class Act is in its second year under the direction of Adam Carty. He brought in new choreographers this year, Ben Eklund and Dalton Myatt, working with the group for the first time. Their competition schedule this year includes appearances at the Lacrosse Heritage Night, the Chippewa Falls Super Show, and then Holman, Onalaska, West Salem, Sauk Prairie, Lacrosse Central, and Green Bay Southwest. And if you hearken back to the back half of the alphabet preview episode or if you'll get there if you're just listening to this straight through retroactively this is another very lacrosse heavy competition schedule similar to what we see with Onalaska this year and Logan is a group that I think similar to Holman is still finding its identity right there was lots of shakeup in the lacrosse area last year and Logan I would say had a little bit of a rougher go of it than Holman did I would say that Logan is just as well-primed as Holman is to take a step forward, 
and to really reassert themselves in that solid finals tier of this state. The lacrosse competitions, Holman, Onalaska, not going to be easy competitions. West Salem, I think that they should be able to make finals there. Lacrosse Central, we'll see what shakes out in the schedule. Green Bay Southwest, I'm looking at as a wild card for the group. It is over a month past the next competition on their schedule. You go from February 3rd to March 9th. And so that, I think, would be a boom or bust competition for the group. Haven't seen them for a month. Did they get complacent? Did they kind of lose their touch? Or did they really work hard? And are they going to outperform where they were earlier in the season? It's just tough when you have gaps that large, but I'll talk about this at some point during the season. It's just where the competition economy is at right now, and I hope that it can self-regulate in the future so that we can avoid some of these gaps. All right, as promised, here are the five groups to watch for this year. I started this in previous years, and I thought it was a pretty fun thing to do in the preview episodes. So last year's groups that I pegged to watch were Fort Atkinson, Lacrosse Central, New London, Plymouth, and Sparta. And I think that I picked pretty good groups to watch. Sparta definitely took a number of steps forward from where people thought they were going to be. New London was definitely in a better place last year from where they were two years ago as well. I would say that Plymouth and Lacrosse Central made incremental improvements, nothing where you're like, wow, this is a totally new group from last year, but still probably a step or two ahead of where they were. And then Fort Atkinson, as I talked about earlier, was definitely better than they were in 2022 if you look at simply the results, but a lot of split opinions about them. So I think in my biased opinion that I had a pretty good record. And so I picked five new groups to watch this year. And my only rule was that, well, I had two rules. The first rule is that you have to be a varsity choir just because the prep and the women's are just so all over the place division-wise that I didn't really feel comfortable picking that. But also, you couldn't have been a group that I picked to watch last year. So Sparta pretty much remains a really big group to watch for me just in terms of how they evolve, but unfortunately, they didn't qualify for this segment. So the first group that I want people to watch out for this year is Eau Claire Memorial. I don't really have a solid reason for this. Like, there's nothing that it's like, oh, there's a choreographer change or a director change or a competition lineup that I think really suits them. No, it's just a group that I think is primed to take a step forward. And it's just this gut feeling inside of me. I was pretty impressed with when I saw them at Colby last year. And I think that this is a group that hopefully can take those couple steps and work their way into the evening round more often than not. My next group to watch is Janesville Craig. Talked a lot about how they have a big Missouri infusion, and the really tough thing for me with that is that Courtney Hammer definitely had them going on the right track. They were a better group than Hamilton Synergy. They were a better group than a lot of consistent finals caliber groups. And to have that all taken away, normally I would say, ooh, I don't know if this would be a great year for them. But because of the caliber of people that they brought in. I feel confident in saying that. I think that even if Craig is not exactly where they were last year, it will definitely be a lot less than the typical kind of slump that we see during the first one or two years of a director change. 
The third group to watch this year is Hamilton Synergy. This group went through a little bit of turmoil on the leadership side of things. Marilyn Machete, who founded that group and was there for a long time, she took a leave midway through the 21-22 school year and handed the reins over to Taylor Schmidt. That wound up being Taylor Schmidt's only season at the helm of Synergy, at least for now. I mean, perhaps something in the future. And then Maggie Condon jumped in with previous show choir experience and Synergy is a consistent finals caliber group. And like I said, when I was covering them in the main body of the episode, this was a group that wasn't really stealing a lot of headlines last year. And it definitely was not that way in the late 20 teens when they were just emerging from the prep division. And then all of a sudden they started qualifying for finals here, there and everywhere. And so now that that's the expectation, the next level up is to start knocking people's socks off. And Synergy is a group that is primed to do that this year. My number two group to watch is Holman. Similar to Janesville Craig, you simply just have to look at the track record of everything that Holman has going for them. The combined show choir expertise of Kayla Shu, Katie Freeze, Kevin Dugan, Kevin Chase, as well as their long competition schedule for this year. I think there's a little bit of a risk of burnout by the time you get to Janesville Craig at the end of the season. That could be the case. I'm betting on it not being the case. And also, you just can't put away the fact that this group was on top of the pile in prelims at Sauk Prairie last year. And that included Sparta, that included De Pere. And if you can find that closing, that's going to make all the difference. And so Holman, I think, is going to perhaps surprise a lot of people straight out of the gate at Onalaska and Sauk Prairie. And who knows? Maybe they wind up all the way on top at Sauk Prairie this year. Finally, my top group to watch is Toma Limited Edition, and Toma is a group that I talked about in the other Varsity Preview episode, so go and listen to that one. It should be right there in the queue past this one if you want to listen to it, and I talked about this a little bit more in depth when I talked about them, but a lot of people might look at Toma's Grand Championship and say, oh, well, Holman was a really small competition last year you know, for some reason or another that people might say there's an asterisk next to it or something like that. And the thing that I would raise those people is that that grand championship was not a fluke. Maybe some people were caught off guard by the fact that they were second at Colby to Onalaska and they outperformed, I think, a lot of groups that people had pegged ahead of them. And maybe people could have said that was a fluke, but then they just kept backing it up with consistent finals performances and placings. And there was another second place at Tapir midway through the season. And then there was the grand championship at Holman at the end of the season. So the fact that their grand championship was not a fluke during the season is established. The thing that is not established is, was that year a fluke, right? Because every now and again, we see programs just have years where everything clicks everything's on, they go and shoot out, and then the next year they're just kind of back to where they were. I think Reedsburg in 2020 would come to mind in that as a really prominent example of that. And so now the question for Toma is, can you back up all of that success in year one with success in year number two? And at Holman, we're going to figure that out pretty quickly because if they are still where they were at last year, they have just as much of a chance as anybody as getting to that sixth final spot but if they're not or if they're not prepared for the season right out of the gate 
people are going to look and say, oh, that's the same old Toma that we've seen for a number of years now. So it's all in their hands, and Toma is the most, I think, interesting group to watch in the state this year. Now, as I said in another earlier preview episode, we have so many competition schedules out for the state at this time. Even if they're not schedules, they are at least lineups, and it made my job a lot easier, and I am very thankful for that. But we are going to look at who has not released a lineup or schedule yet, and we are going to go through the in-state groups that I have pegged for each of those competitions. Obviously, out-of-state groups from Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, all have been known to come into competitions in very large numbers, but just looking at the in-state groups that are slated to go to each competition, here is what I have. So the first competition schedule-wise that does not have a lineup released is New London, and as for the groups that I have attending their varsity division, tentatively I have Burlington. When I got in contact with them, they said they were still up in the air as to whether they would be going. But then for sure committed, I had Altoona, De Pere, Green Bay East, Green Bay Southwest, Mayville, Preble, Reedsburg, Sauk Prairie, and Toma. And so if you look at that, I think that already, barring anybody from out of state, you already have a very solid finals. Looking at De Pere, Mayville, Preble, Reedsburg, Sauk Prairie, Toma were all consistent finals caliber groups last year. Green Bay East was there at points as well. And so you already have a very solid finals there. The women's division, I have De Pere, Preble, and Sauk Prairie, and the prep division is looking to be a banger as well, Ashwabanon, Bayport, Drummond, Medford, and Washburn. So that'll be a drag-out, drop-down prep division battle as well. St. Francis kind of came and crashed the party at New London last year from the out-of-state contingent. We will see they are under new direction if they come to New London this year. That same day, we have Milton. Confirmed in Milton's varsity division, I have Fort Atkinson, Hamilton, Janesville Craig, Monona Grove, and Sparta. And Milton is generally a competition that is prone to out-of-state involvement. I believe Waconia will be at Milton again this year for Minnesota. Not 100% sure, but I think I saw that somewhere. From the past, they've had Wabonzi Valley from Illinois. They've had Chesterton from Indiana. So you can have groups from a large number of states going to Milton But the in-state contingent, I think, is looking a little bit lighter this year than usual. As for the women's division, I have Fort Atkinson, Monona Grove, and Sparta. And in the prep division, Broadhead and DeForest. Those are the only two competitions in January that don't have a lineup published. So we will move on to the first weekend of February, which is going to be an absolutely popping weekend. De Pere's lineup is out, but the Eau Claire Memorial Winterfest lineup is not. In the varsity division there, I have Chippewa Falls, Reedsburg, Eau Claire North, and West Salem. This one generally has a couple Minnesota groups pop in as well. I would expect North St. Paul to probably be here. And I have no confirmed women's groups, but in the prep division, I do have Augusta and Washburn. Lacrosse Central moved from the last weekend in January to the first weekend of February this year. I only have four groups in state slated to go to their competition. Those would be the varsity groups from Holman, Logan, and Onalaska, and then Onalaska Express as well. Lacrosse Central, ever since they took it over from the Grand River Singers, which I'm not going to go into that rabbit hole here, but you can Google the Lacrosse Grand River Singers if you want to spend a couple hours looking at old show choir things. 
Ever since, it has gone from the Grand River Nationals to simply a lacrosse central competition. They have struggled for numbers a little bit, and even if it doesn't pay dividends this year by switching to a new weekend, I would hope that eventually it would somewhere down the line. You're just in a really tough spot this portion of the season. So again, moving to kind of the end of February or the beginning of March, I think it would probably mean forsaking a good out-of-state competition opportunity, but if the main goal would be to get a lot of groups at your competition, it would be a good move. So we'll see. I mean, Peoria Soundwave has come here in the past. I think Benton Community from Iowa has been here in the past. Would expect a number of out-of-state groups here as well. Moving on to the second weekend of February, we have Fort Atkinson. And Fort Atkinson is looking to be stacked as always. In the varsity division, I have Burlington, Janesville, Craig, Mayville, Milton, Monona Grove, Nina, New London, and Reedsburg. And so already several finals caliber groups there based off of last year, Janesville, Craig, Mayville, Monona Grove, Nina, New London, and then Reedsburg and Milton definitely showed flashes last year as well. In the women's division, Milton and Monona Grove, and in the prep division, Broadhead and Nina Act 2. So perhaps Mundelein will be at Fort Atkinson, perhaps Davenport Central will be a couple of big out-of-state hitters, but even if there is nobody else, that would still be a very good finals division. Monona Grove and Sparta now share a competition weekend. This is the first time, at least that I can remember, that there have been two competitions on the third weekend of February, and so we will start with Monona Grove. On the Monona Grove confirmed list right now in the varsity division, Burlington, Fort Atkinson, Hamilton, Sauk Prairie, and West Salem. In the women's division, Fort Atkinson and Sauk Prairie. And then in the prep division, Broadhead DeForest and Westosha Central. So I think this is a competition that is definitely hurting a little bit from Sparta's lineup, which consists of a few traditional Monona Grove groups. And we'll get to that in a second, but we will see where the out-of-state contingent checks in. And if there is a small out-of-state contingent, there are only five groups that I have down in the varsity category right now, so definitely could be an opportunity for either some low finals groups to have a solid placement in the varsity division or have some women's or prep groups sneak into that finals field as well. So Broadhead, DeForest, Wasosha Central, all I think would be great women's choirs or great prep choirs, excuse me, to make finals. Sock Prairie, YTBN, if they open it up to women's and prep choirs would definitely be one that I would pencil in as well. Sparta's competition is in its first year, and some competitions we see in their first year are very small. Some are on the larger side. Sparta's right now looking to be a tad on the smaller side. Right now in the varsity division, I have De Pere, Eau Claire Memorial, Milton, Reedsburg, and Toma. And Milton's octave above would be the lone women's group that I have penciled down. I would think that there would be some Minnesota or Iowa representation here. That is the weekend of the Waconia competition in Minnesota, but that is generally known as a competition where you go to compete with a lot of good groups. So perhaps some of those Minnesota groups that aren't on that elite level would go here. I don't know of anybody in particular that would be going here, but I would look out for that. Green Bay Southwest then is the last competition on the calendar that we don't have a lineup for right now. This became a very popular competition last year, and it looks like it's heading that way again this year. For the varsity division right now, I have De Pere, Green Bay East, Logan, Nina, and Preble. For the women's division, De Pere, Chicago Street Singers, and Preble Rendezvous. And then for the prep division, I have Ashwabanon, Bayport, and Nina Act 2. 
and so that is 10. And they also had five middle schools as well last year. That was during the day on Saturday. I think it was one of the largest Saturday middle school divisions I saw, so I would expect a number of middle schools at Green Bay Southwest as well. And that wraps it up for the competitions that don't have lineups out. So I'm recording this on December 30th. I'm hoping to get this out later today. So Holman is in a week from now. If you're a high school student, it's in six days. If you're a middle school student, so enjoy the fleeting peaceful moments before 2024 and competition season chaos set up all about us. And my next episode will be a rankings episode. 98% of people on my Instagram account wanted a preseason rankings So that will be the next episode, followed by the first competition weekly episode of the year. Guys, I'm so excited. As always, if I missed anything in this episode, please shoot me a DM on Instagram at wishowchoir. Email wishowchoir at gmail.com works as well. If you have any other questions, comments, thoughts about the show, feel free to hit me up as well. So look forward to that upcoming content. Everyone have a very happy new year. And we will see you on the flip side in competition season. This is William Soki saying goodbye for the Wisconsin Show Choir Download. Mm-hmm.